All right. Welcome, everyone, to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 173. Altai joined this week by... Remote, also known as CoolGuy69. Oh, I saw that last week in the comments. That's my uh, <laughs> that's my alter ego, CoolGuy69, all right? It's a good alter ego. It is. I, 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 should, I should use it a bit more often. I think I, think I mentioned the story about where... Uh, I, I was using the name CoolGuy69 before on, uh, on Dota 2. I'm on my server accounts. And I played against somebody named Soccer Mom 69. What are the odds? I was Cool Guy 69, and I met Soccer Mom 69. We were on opposing teams though, but it was that was that was love right there. It was it was destined, you know. We should have I should have messaged him after the game. But being a good sport, a good Dota sport, at the end of the game, I reported them for for cheating at the end of the game. All right, good good nice friendly little report for them. Classic. Uh, Canaris, uh, who is the guy with the glasses? Is handsome. Why? Why? why thank you. We'll both take that as a compliment. <laughs> and uh, one more little thing I want to mention this week. I think I mentioned last week that uh, the Jam City guys gave us some free shit, right? They gave us that swag bag. I put a, I put it a picture on, on on Twitter. You can you can just show it on the stream if they haven't seen it yet already on my Twitter account Twitter feed. But uh, I got another package for them today actually. And for some reason, the folks over at Jam City want to give us a swag bag, and they asked my address, and I said I I, I ignored the email because I don't want their swag. They, they make mobile games. They're unrelated to what we do. But they, they sent me that swag bag and, I, and I, they, it had an apron and a and a oven mitt in it. So I took a picture of it and put it on Twitter. I'm like, all right, this is weird, uh, but I'll take it. And they gave us another package, and it's the same thing. I have another apron and another oven mitt. We have now two oven mitts and two aprons. Well, you do need two mittens, you know, so one hand gets doesn't get too cold. I guess I put one apron on the front and one in the back to cover my ass chaps, and I walk around naked in the in the in the kitchen. Is, is that what this is for? I got double the swag now, though. Is it the same character, this panda yeah, guy? It's the same, yeah, oh. it's the same panda thing. I, I, why would they send me a second one? It, the second one came a week later, and and they they must have seen that I got the first one because they're they're Jam City, the official Twitter account liked my post. This is their uh, attempt to get. A plug every week. So far, it's working. Two in a row. So far, they got two plugs. Expect about, another they, one next week. But they're mobile games. They're unrelated to our audience. They make these casual mobile games. They make they make Connect Four games and like these nonsense casual games that are like not even related to our audience. The next Candy Crush, right there. Jam City Boys. Maybe. First, look for Jam City's Harry Potter game. It's going to happen, J Bugs. There's a Jam City Harry Potter game. They make a lot of like these branded games. I think they're making some Wait, Disney games too. Are they the one with the best Harry Potter game where there's like a guy dying and if you don't pay money he dies? Oh my god, remember that meme? What? Oh, no, it's so good. About. What's the meme? <laughs> this is great. I think we covered it when it was just came out, but it is worth revisiting. So this is the, this is where mobile gaming is going. Okay, it's holding kids ransom. So here's the article. Let's read the headline. Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery forces you to pay or wait to save a kid from being strangled. So this is this is the scene. There's this kid right here. He's being strangled by this uh, vines. And you can tug at the real? vines, but it costs energy. So you either have to wait like a couple of hours while watching this guy like choke. <laughs> okay, are you pay? Like, talk about um talk about some aggressive sales tactics. Like <laughs> I love it. This this is this is genius. You're gonna watch your favorite character in Harry Potter die unless you pay money. <laughs> yeah, tug at the vine five times. That's actually hilarious. This is like some next level marketing. This is next level monetization, boys. Oh, I am a pissed off Iowa. All right. Mobile games pissing me off again before we even get started. Mobile games are already triggering us pregame. I like it. Right, right when we're getting started. This is this A+. Plus. I'm not sure if they made this game, but they might have. I'm pretty sure they have a Harry Potter game, though. <laughs> Tamagotchis came out today. 
They would allow you to pay. Otherwise, it dies. Definitely. Definitely. Honestly, if they had a system like that, they'd make so much money. If they, they would just mint so much money if they had Tamagotchis like that. Unfortunately, everything is going to go more and more pay to win with microtransactions. So that's not going to be so abnormal in the future. Okay, this is funny. So the guy, the kid goes to save the uh, NPC getting choked. It's out mm -hmm. of energy. Buy 30 or more energy? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> I love it. And then here's the prices. Nice. How much that, uh, that's a reason. It only costs you like five bucks to save the kid. All right. Just do it. Target those vines. Pay your five dollars. All right. Well, with that, Omar, uh, the big news this week in MMORPG world is the new announced expansion, right? Yeah, for Final Fantasy XIV. FanFest happened this last week here in Las Vegas, actually. I didn't go. It was at the Rio. I I knew I vaguely knew a couple people that went, but like we were like internet friends, not like like not people I talked to regularly, so I didn't go or anything. But uh, obviously, I kept up with what's going on. They had a few big announcements this this year. Actually, it happens every other year. So this is the hmm. so this is this is going to be the the third expansion. We had Heaven's Ward, you had Stormblood, and now we have Shadowbringers. So first of all, right off the bat, what an awful name for an expansion, Shadowbringers. The fuck? Like, did they just like find like a thirteen year old kid and ask him what the coolest word would be, like Shadow, and like try making expansion with that name, Shadowbringers? It's lame. Get it out of here. That's a big thumbs down from Remo on Shadowbringers. But uh, you can see all the all the goodies here. It's got uh, quite a bit of stuff to look forward to with every other as with any other expansion. It's against 5.0 expansion. It'll be launching in summer of 2019. We're getting uh, a new class, uh, world visit system, which lets you basically visit players in other data data centers. So basically, server transfers are now free within your own data center, which is oh, awesome. I think that's cool. But if you want to go to other data centers, you got to pay money still. But they did make uh, server transfers through data centers free, which I think is great. So when you say data centers, added, does it mean like if I want to go to the Korean server or something? No, there's I think I think there's three data centers in North America. So like, the, okay. the, there's like the, the player base in America is divided by three basically. And if you want to play a different data center in America, you gotta pay money to go to. The, and, and you can't even. Play, I'm pretty sure you can't uh, even party with those people in other data centers, if I remember correctly. Okay, so, so how does that compare to today's system? So how many data centers are there now? There's two. There's two now. Instead of two, there's gonna be three now. Are they gonna add more servers? No, just they're, they're gonna divide the existing servers up to three, okay. which some players are are upset about because. Some of their own, like the people they would raid with, are going to be on other data, other data centers now, like out of out of nowhere, you know. Whereas before, like you give a whole a group of friends, they're all on the same data center, if not the same server, and now on different data centers, they can't like play with each other anymore unless they pay money. That seems odd to me. Okay, that's very odd. I don't play, very... but I don't see a reason why they're adding a third data center and moving some servers there when they already have a system. They have two two data centers, and then servers within them can play with yeah. each other. So I think that the seems logic bad. has to do with uh, just like poor like load balancing they're, they're having launch issues with you know i mean obviously when stormblood launched it, it, it overwhelmed the servers right so i think by adding another data center they're trying to you know i guess divide the player base up a little more through i guess each data center is own server cluster is, is my guess how the infrastructure works and they want to avoid just big population problems interesting i, I would actually have preferred them to see fresh servers for the third center because i mean there's a lot of people now the game's been out for a long time yeah. you know if, if i start today I'm at a huge disadvantage, not disadvantage, but you know, I'm, I'm way behind people who have like multiple characters and houses. Yeah, of course. So I think this would be a good opportunity if they want. First of all, I don't think they should have had a third center, right? But if they're yeah. going to make that one fresh, so everyone is on an even foot there, people cannot transfer over to that one. They cannot party with these like speed level. That you kinda, that would be, be cool. That'd be cool. But oh well, whatever. Yeah, but again, the biggest biggest drawback from this announcement that got a lot of people pissed off is again, like you play with a group of friends, you may not all be on the same server, but you're all in the same data center. And after the move, it's very it could be quite likely that you know your friend is not on the same data center as you anymore. And then 
somebody's got to pay money to move over to your data center. And this came kind of came out of the blue. And they can address this problem by giving everyone affected a free one. I, honestly, they should give everyone in the game one free uh, server transfer and then problem solved. I think they might end up doing that if the outrage is big enough. Because they haven't already commented on it. But uh, with the expansion, there's a bunch of other goodies. There's there's new dungeons. Uh, the game's level cap is going to go to 80. And I think when a game, you know, a game is adding a big update when the level cap goes up. Like that's my that's my my rule of thumb. If an update is a big update or not, you know, when the level cap is going up, it's a big update. In Final Fantasy XIV, that kind of applies doubly so, only because the game's multi-classing system. You can have all these characters at one character. So every you know, and, and it gives you so much more to do on one character with the level cap going up. There's a new class coming out, uh, likely the Gunblade. It's not like officially announced. But it's basically announced, and they're adding a new uh, new race as well, the Viera, which is the bunny girl from Final Fantasy Eleven and other Final Fantasy games. Not Eleven, Final Fantasy Twelve. I'm pretty sure they might have been other games as well. They don't have a bunny but, girl yeah. yet. That's surprising. But the bunny girl, it's not official, right? But like, it's basically official because they, they didn't they didn't outright announce it yet, if I remember correctly. Actually, they might have. They, they were hinting at it, and even with the gunblade, I'm pretty sure they didn't outright announce it, if I remember correctly. But they very much hinted at it, and the only other class they did announce was the blue mage. Which will be launching before the expansion, actually, because the Blue Mage will be coming out in patch 4.5, whereas the expansion will be patch 5.0. And that got a little bit of drama as well, a smidgen of drama as well, because the Blue Mage isn't oh. a real class. It's not like the same way every other class works. Instead, they'll be maxed out level 50 instead of 80 with the expansion. In fact, level 70 is already the current cap. So when Blue Mage launches, they can only be reached level level 50, and you can't do duties. Or you, you know duties. you can't join roulettes. <laughs> What's a duty? Or, What's a roulette? Yeah, you, you got to be a little more general with these statements. All right, they're basically queues. You can't queue up for dungeons with uh with a blue mage. And instead, you can you can only do like solo content or manually invite people to your party and then do content with them that way. Oh, so, so you can still do dungeons with them, but you got to just manually invite them. You have to manually invite them. And remember, they only they cap out level fifty, so they won't be useful at all at current content or anything beyond like base game content, which is realm reborn. So it's going to cause a lot of issues, I think. And it's kind of weird they made a class like that. And I think they said because they're having a lot of trouble balancing the class because the way Blue Mage works is they get abilities by, like, sucking abilities out of other monsters they fight. And it just I guess they threw balance away and they gave up trying to make it fair and balanced and they just made it, like, its own thing. It's not meant to be a competitive class and it's not going to be really partaking in raids. You know, actually, when you first described that to me in private, I didn't realize um, they could still manually invite people to parties. Yeah, and personally, I I think that's okay. I'm I'm against queue systems in overall. So you know, one of the big hype things about you know WoW Classic is the fact that mm -hmm. there is no queue system. If you want to do a dungeon, you want to do you know something, you gotta spam tech, you know, the chat channels, find a group, right click, invite them. You know. Yeah. So I I don't think that's a problem. I think I, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, there is something you said about that. I think that system where you don't have queues, you don't have auction houses, where players are kind of forced to interact more. I mean, I, I do think we've been saying for a while that games have gotten a little too uh, convenient where developers are focusing on making so many like features in the game just too convenient, you know? Like, if you can click M, click somewhere on the map and your character auto-runs there, I see the benefit, but I also, it just, it just makes the world feel less meaningful. Like, when I click a button and my character literally runs across the entire world for me, come on, like, what's the point? Like, I, I should have to explore this area on my own. And I'm glad Final Fantasy XIV doesn't have that yet. I remember when we played our... Revelation Online, that's Chinese MMORPG, right? Like, at no point did I know where anything was. No. Because you click a button, your character runs automatically. There's no incentive to explore the world. Another problem with Maple Story 2 was the same thing. You know, your yep. character kind of like, well, it, it didn't, it, I'm pretty sure it didn't, it didn't auto path you there the way a lot of games do, but you didn't really look where anything is. You were just kind of following the arrow on your head, and that was it. If the arrow on your head wasn't there, you know, at least you can explore a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. But yeah, things are getting too convenient, boys. Too convenient. Gotta play Blue Mage. You know, actually, I think 
because of the multi-classing or yeah i guess multi-classing system mm-hmm. in final fantasy 14 where one character can be multiple classes mm-hmm. it's it's kind of cool that they have stuff like this because presumably anybody can level up their blue mage on their yeah. own yeah they can I, I think they'll be able to do that yeah every so week's ear madness i don't know what happened i don't know what's going on here boys I think at least I think somebody mentioned in the chat that they're just doing this to play with it, which is fine. But at least we'll still get another job, the gunblade, a more traditional job with the expansion. So it's not like we're not getting a job this expansion. We're still getting one. But with the blue mage is gonna be kind of a fun idea for them to toy with. They end up calling it a limited class, is the phrase they used. So yeah, it's the first limited job in the game. So that's, that's we'll see how that ends up working out. But who knows? You know, it was a it was probably the most requested job because it was in Final Fantasy XI and a lot of you know, a lot basically all the jobs we get in Final, in Final Fantasy. Uh, 14, basically coming from left anyway, so there's no surprise with that one. No I, dancer just yet, though. I would love to see more experiments like this where they design certain classes that can't, you know, maybe do the raids or whatever, or dungeons with people, but are much harder to level, but much more powerful, you know? Indeed. So I'm pretty sure there, there is something wrong with your, your mic, Altai. So what happens is, like, sometimes I only hear you out of one ear, so maybe after this after this podcast, you should try get fixing your, your setup. Because it okay. happened last week too, but it wasn't like so bad that like I don't know. It's strange. I mean, no one complains about it, you know, on Discord or in games. I think just not, just just on stream. Maybe something with OBS interaction with Obia is weird. Okay, I will look into yeah. it. Maybe I'll stream on my personal channel. Yeah, just, a few just of you guinea pigs tested for me. Right, that's the biggest. I think probably the biggest MMORPG news of the week was Final Fantasy XIV's expansion and whatnot. But uh, the game is kind of really slow right now because until the expansion launches in summer of 2019, there's not much else to do. We're not going to get a lot of new content till then. Obviously, patch 4.5 will get people excited when the Blue Mage comes out. Again, that's sometime between now and summer of 2019. But, you know, I think we mentioned, I think, two, two, three weeks ago, Square Enix's numbers are not looking good for MMOs. Their MMO revenue is basically at a two-year low because there's there's a lull in new content. You know, Final Fantasy 14, you know, Storm, we're, at the, we're at the last cycle, the last bit of Stormblood, of the latest expansion, and there's been nothing since then, nothing big since then. So hopefully with, with Shadowbringers, and I still hate the name of the expansion, Shadowbringers, Things will, you know, pick up again, and we'll see where they get to. Because if you remember correctly, if you remember, if you remember last time, Yoshi P did say that when Stormblood launched, they had a peak number of subscribers. Like, they had the highest subscribers they ever had before. So we'll see if we get a similar statement after Shadowbringers. And if that happens, we know that Final Fantasy XIV is definitely not dead and still growing. And just look at the numbers now. It's not fair, though, because, again, we're at the we're at the, the end cycle, the expansion phase right now. So it's going to obviously be dipping out for a bit. I have a, a great highlighted bullet point here. I know Chaos mm-hmm. Shield and chat will love this one. New Game Plus system can replay the whole main story quest or side job quest, but without level seeing. So if you didn't get enough of that first 200 hours of monotonous single-player content, you can do it all over again. Yeah, I don't know who's asking for that because I, I can't I, I can't imagine people actually want to do that. In fact, everyone I know that, that has uh, like alt characters that make second characters, like they hate the fact that they do the story again. But now at least it's there if you want to run through the content again. I mean, the game gave you an option to view all the previous cutscenes if you wanted to, but I guess you couldn't see all the storytelling because, like, it wasn't always in cutscene format, right? So now you can redo all those goodies if you want to. So is this uh, teaser trailer worth watching? Uh, it's it's like a CGI trailer. Some people thought it was kind of cool. Uh, put it on while we talk about okay, it too. Sure. But I, I kind of hate I was, these CGI I wasn't crazy trailers, to be honest. Honestly, what I'm excited to, what I'm, what I'm most excited for in terms of more reveals is going to be the theme song for Shadowbringers. Because I, no, I think Final Fantasy XIV is some of the best music I've heard in an RPG. Especially their, their, their songs with lyrics. The answer song, I think, is top tier. It was with Realm Reborn. Um, I'm sure you've heard it before. If you put it on, you'll find it. There was Dragon Song with Heaven's War, which is phenomenal. 
They dropped the ball a bit with Stormblood. It was the, the Stormblood theme song was wholly unmemorable. I'm hoping they do a good job with the Shadowbringers theme song because I I I absolutely love Dragon Song and Answers. And when I play Final Fantasy 14 in my you know when you go my, my guild house for example, like it plays in the background Answers and it's just such a great song. And Dragon Song fits the theme beautifully with the expansion as well. So I'm hyped for what they end up coming out with for Shadowbringers because I think one thing Square Enix does really well is music for all their games. So I'm hoping they continue that. I know we said it before, but you mentioning you know sitting in your guild house reminds me again. Somebody started one of those go uh, what do they call it? the change.org petitions and get Square Enix to sell little arcade kiosks for people's houses in Final Fantasy that contain Square Enix games like Final Fantasy one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be amazing. It'd be another reason to hang out in housing. And I do think player housing in MMORPGs is still an area that's wholly untapped for a lot of games. Even in Final Fantasy XIV, I think it does housing better than most games, only because all the housing areas in one spot. So this is an experience I've had in Final Fantasy XIV I haven't had since the days of Ultima Online, where basically I'm jumping around my house, trying trying to climb on my roof, just doing fun platforming shit randomly while waiting for people. And like I'll see my neighbor next door. I'll be like, "Hey, like, what's up, dude?" And like, "What's this talk?" Because like, he's my he's literally my neighbor in the game. And beyond that, like, that's it. That's the only connection to me. But, like, I'll talk to him and become my friend in game because he's my neighbor. And I'll see like he's decorating his house. It's a fun little way to create extra interactions between players. And I think MMORPGs are meant for these social environments and interactions. Like, I have friends in the game who talk about who like, "Oh, that guy. Oh, he's my neighbor." Like, everyone has like their neighbor in Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's somebody you know. It's like you. It's like you're almost like uh, when you go to college, you get a you get a roommate, right? You get a dorm mate. It's your, it's your, you know, your fellow person you share your dorm with in college. You get to know somebody. Hello, know? fellow person. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool that, you know, the Final Fantasy XIV has that, but I just wish it didn't have so... It, I wish it had one big housing district instead of having, like, 60 instance housing districts, each with, like, 60 plots or something. Because it's kind of... It, it's still it's still instance, but each instance has, like, 60 houses in it. So everyone kind of has their own neighbor. And it's another extra interaction. It's kind of neat, but they, I wish they, they did a little more with it. They should sell, like, studio apartments in the cities. They do. They have studio apartments. They, they have apartments in the game too. Because... No, no. I mean, like in, the, not, in separate oh, instance, in the cities, in the main cities, that'd be cool. That would be really cool. It'd be like living in Manhattan. You know, it's only for the rich people. Imagine that like, you get a place in like Limsa or Ulda or anything. Like, yeah, it'd be cool. If they're like persistent, right? So yeah, there's, like, there's only like maybe like ten apartments in all yeah. of you know, one major city, and they're in they're in location. Like, there is a persistent area. That'd yeah. be really cool. And they, I guess, but they couldn't. They did. I don't think they could figure it out because like, for some reason, Square Enix doesn't like using a market based approach. So there's always like persistent housing shortages on the big servers where like you just can't get houses. Like there's there's there's, there's no good system for for housing. It's a free, it's it's a, it's a nonsensical free for all where the where the prices are way are set way below demand. So it's just a, a mega rush for new housing every time they add a new housing zone. It's really poorly done. I saw you mentioned the chat too. I'm, I think mega crappy username that lore 99% of people don't care about lore and MMOs. and I do think that is correct for the most part. But for Final Fantasy 14, I would say a lot of people care about the lore. Obviously, not everybody, and but I think Final Fantasy XIV has more players interested in the lore than most games. I think besides Final Fantasy XIV, probably Star Wars: The Old Republic is the only other MMORPG where people actually care about the lore because it's Final Fantasy. It's got a lot of hardcore loyal fans, and it does at least try to tell a story, even though most of it is nonsensically bad, in my opinion. There are just nuggets of really good storytelling in the in there somewhere. There is a there is a needle in that haystack, so I think people do care about it a lot. For me personally, and I think for a lot of my friends, they're not crazy about it, but it's there. Yeah, I think there's two styles before, and I think, like you said, Final Fantasy XIV and Star Wars: Old Republic take one approach, which is storytelling, and other games take a story showing experience. 
-hmm. like where the, you you get the lore indirectly. So Ever EverQuest is a good example. I don't actually know like the chronolo chronology of EverQuest, but just by exploring the zones, you kind of get a feel of like you know each, who like the king is in each zone or whatever you know. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my preferred method. I mean that's I think that's just honestly a better method because I still remember when we played EverQuest, like we we discover like ruins in like hidden somewhere in the woods or something and like whoa what is the meaning of this right or like we go to these these buildings in like quenos right we'll find like these portraits on the wall like what do these mean we go like to the aqueducts of like this town that were like hidden like what does it mean these npcs are saying random shit like what are they referring to they're being sneaky there's like some shady dealings going on between these guards in town like i remember these guards really cool. these guards would like talk about the queen and how they're like you know like they're upset about something with the government and they mm -hmm. weren't talking to you they were talking to each other and you just got pieces as you walked by you never stopped to talk to them, but you walked by and you just saw it in your text box. So that, yeah, that was nice. Storytelling like that, I think, is very interesting. Where it kind of like it, it's there for people that want to do it, and it doesn't force it down your throat for everyone else. Because I think, I think a lot of people would enjoy Final Fantasy fourteen if it didn't shove the story down your throat, right? Which the, it, it, it's a really weird place. I think Star Wars Rollerbug might be in the same boat as well. Like people that want to play it most for the gameplay, or you know, the rating and the community aspects. Like you could do all the community aspects of an MMORPG without the story. Story telling and MMORPGs don't have to be like synonymous with each other right and there's more to MMORPGs besides just gameplay right so people that want to avoid the story are never going to play a game like Final Fantasy 14 it's just, it just not going to happen because you can't skip the story so they're going to play World of Warcraft instead yeah. but I think a lot of those players would enjoy playing Final Fantasy 14 if they could just get past all the story stuff and you could always say yeah you could just pay money to skip that shit but like I don't know most people aren't going to default to paying their way to skip the content yeah and I think I think this is a bad sign of storytelling where I'm playing a game and then somewhere in the game my character stands still and it is 20 minutes of just exposition thrown at me. And I, I suspect there's a lot of that in Final Fantasy. 14. There is. In fact, again, the, the very often Final Fantasy 14, it'll be like, warning, there is a long series of cutscenes in front of you. Like, before you click proceed, make sure you can set enough time to watch all of these. I think yeah. some of those are unskippable too. I think it's unacceptable in a single-player game. Now, the fact that they have this in a multiplayer game, not just a multiplayer game, but an MMORPG, is, is like a, it's a huge, huge barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of people do want it. I I, I accept that. But I just, also kind who of, wants yeah. that? Like, uh, I think most people are okay with they 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 um ex they tolerate they, it. They tolerate it. Nobody wants that. They don't want to sit there for three hours and have exposition thrown at their face. No, no I I have friends. Every time a new expansion comes out, they eagerly go through all the new story content. And that's the first thing they do. Like Canaris, for example. Like when a new expansion comes out or a new patch comes out, even right. Every patch adds new story content, and the first thing he does is go through all the story content, which is fine. You know, I think you can. There's nothing wrong with that. And and at the end of usually there's usually a nice thirty minute cutscene and, and you know at the end of each patch too. So. It's normal. And like, people are, it's a Final Fantasy game. People like that stuff. Look, people, I love the story campaigns of Warcraft 3, for example, right? And, you know, basically the way we're at the beginning of each campaign, there's like a five minute story. And at the end of the campaign, there's like a, maybe like a 10 minute story scene, right? But you, you can't yeah. just set someone down for two hours. Like, come on. Like, it's a movie. It's a movie. In the, in the middle of your game, here. Yeah. Oh, you're, you want to you clear this dungeon? Watch a movie first. Like,. <laughs> If it's done well, I think it's fine. But like, like I said, Final Fantasy fourteen has a very hit or miss. Some parts are great, other parts are not so great. So I'm very, I have mixed feelings about it. I do think there should be nothing. I think everything in every game should be skippable. You should be able to skip all the story at any time if you want to. That that that's a must for me. It's unacceptable for unskippable content. The two hour the two hour cutscenes or 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 dialogue scenes should be there. Fine, I get that. But they should be like in the side room where you talk to the guy and then go through it. Not like you must watch this before you can proceed. Like come on. I agree. I agree. And again, most of the most of our memories from MMORPGs I don't think comes from storytelling anyway. I mean, we make our own stories and our own like experiences in MMORPGs. I mean, 
just like just like last night, I, I was I was trying to do um like there was resets for Final Fantasy 14. I was trying to kill some bosses, get some loot, right? And I, I had a pretty terrible experience with this party. And I specifically remember this one guy's name. I'm not gonna say it on the stream, but like I I I have personally blacklisted this guy in my mind. Like if I see this guy ever again, he's instantly getting kicked out of my parties, and I, I I guarantee you like, he gets kicked out of my group. Like I made my own enemies or my own list of like shitty people, like that like I'm gonna avoid it at all costs. And, and for some reason, like, I, I argue with this guy in, in party chat, too. Like, I, I, I let him know how bad he is, right? He had to know. Right? He had to know how bad he was. I, I had to tell him, all right? Like, and he fought back a little. It was pretty fun. Like, just, just little interactions like that, whether it's out of frustration, whether it's just out of, like, meeting friends, these are the experiences I play in more RPGs for. And, yes, that includes a negative. Fighting, like, like, getting into a flame war with a random person online is a memorable experience, and it's fun, and it creates it creates a memory, which which I like. It gives, you know... It makes you feel alive, all right? I was kind of like, just kind of like vegging out, playing on autopilot last night, and getting to this random flame war with this guy, it really brightened my evening, all right? It was a little bit out of frustration, but it, it, got, the, it, got, the, it got the blood the blood flowing, you know? Like, I, I was completely clocked out, basically. I was on full autopilot, because if you play any MMORPG, you always get to a certain point in the patch or in the in the update, whatever, you know, wherever, wherever you're on the MMORPG where you play on autopilot, right? We're doing these resets. It's I can do it with my eyes closed. It's completely autopilot for me. So like, I'm basically playing without even thinking about it, right? But like, I, I went ham on this guy in party chat, and it was great. <laughs> Who won? Who? I don't think anybody wins in those situations. Uh, ultimately, the party disbanded, and nobody we we didn't kill the boss. But like, it was kind of my fault too because I, I should have checked like the ratings on these guys, like their logs, to see if they were any good. And I, I checked afterwards, everybody was great. Like everyone was gray or green, meaning they were awful. So we like they were like bottom 20% of players. And the problem is these fights are designed that you can carry those bottom 20% players, no problem. But you can't have a party full of bottom 20% players. Otherwise, it will just never get done. You need a couple of good players in there. And I was the only good player in the party. Nice. So who knows who won? Okay, so recently, this reminded me of something. I was recently been playing um, Darkest Dungeon. It's a single player game. It's a roguelike. Uh, very difficult game. You know, if you die, you got to start all the way over. And there's a sound clip from the game that I, I really think applies to everything, whether it's an MRPG raid, anything. So I'm going to play that quick clip. It's like 10 seconds, 8 seconds. Here we go. Let's see if you guys agree. Boys. Where there is no peril in the task, there can be no glory in its accomplishment. That's it. I think that's so important, okay? Especially in a game like where you're doing a when you're doing some kind of team effort against either either PvP or PvE, you need to be you need to be able to you got to risk something to win something. I think, and too many games today have removed the risk part. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It feels that like it's weird, but like even playing Final Fantasy, like, we lose nothing for like the only thing you really risk is wasting time, right? I do feel like there's a bit more consequence in in basically every MMORPG I play. Dying is nothing but an inconvenience. When we played Maple Story 2 as well, like sometimes you just die. It was it was inconvenient. Nothing happened. Nothing right? happened. Nothing happens. And in almost any game you play, dying is just a very minor inconvenience. I do wish it was a little bit more. I, that darkest dungeon quote is uh, rings rings true for me at least. Yep. And remember, I, we said it last week again. Maple Story one. If you died, you lost ten percent experience, and that was a couple hours of gameplay. Oh yeah, dying. Ooh, dying in Maple Story one was a was a heartbreak. You're like fuck. I just I, I set myself back like hours. And it was it was real pain, you know. And that that pain started at like level thirty five, forty. You know, you die at level thirty five. That's like two hours of grind out the window. And it was it was the worst feeling in the world. And it, it, but that's what kept me coming. And I played Maple Story one forever. You know, just it was great. Indeed.
Alright. Well, let's move on to MOBAs for a minute. MOBAs. How about that? Alright, I love MOBAs. Let's talk about MOBAs. So, League actually is doing something with Marvel. Did you write this? Uh, no, I did not. So, League of Legends, Marvel... Uh, they're making a comic book about Ash. The archer what? lady. Alright, nice. So, uh, I... I, I think don't know it's anything about Ash. All I know is Ash is she's got the she's got a she's an ice archer. She's a generic ice archer girl. Well, you're Kinda in luck. Hot. You're in luck. Time to learn about her through Marvel. Right, <laughs> I'm That's not gonna smart though because they're building out the characters. I I think it's really smart. I think it's about time that you know, I think actually League squandered the best years of their game uh, by not doing these kind of tie-ins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have had a whole we could have had like a dozen Marvel League movies by now if they got mm-hmm. on this ship a little sooner, you know. I mean, there's no reason not to flesh out the characters. I mean, they've been doing a decent. I mean, I mean, probably the the thing that they're best known for is making those music videos. I'm sure you've seen the the KDA music video with mm-hmm. the with Ari Akali and a few of the other lead girls with the with the K-pop singers. I thought that was really good. It's got over seven million views on on YouTube, and it kind of like builds the character. Again, they're not really the characters because again, they just kind of put the characters in these weird situations where they end up being a band or something. But it's a fun way to build out their franchise and get players better connected with the actual characters themselves. But I think graphic novels. Or other lore content like that would be even better for it because there are people that really care about lore in these games. Me, I don't, I don't really give a shit. I never really care about the lore in League of Legends or Dota Two or any MOBA, but I'm sure there are people that would be very interested in this. Yeah, we'll see where. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good move. I think they should have done it sooner, uh, but hopefully, you know, these characters. So many people, our generation, right, have spent countless hours with these characters. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, in, for me, it's Dota, right? But there are Dota heroes I've played. A hundred times more than I've like looked at like Spider Man, right? Or like or or whatever, you know, these heroes. Yeah. So they have a lot more cachet with me in terms of uh, these IPs and characters than than superheroes or whatever. So it's a, it's a, amazing to me that they squander this all that time. But finally, I think they're catching up. Yeah, I've I, I have a not exactly related, but a little bit of further drama with League of Legends, which I think you might find amusing. Oh, I always love drama. So there's a Tumblr post about a, a, a ex Riot employee. Tumblr it's post. a very short post. The, the gist of this post is basically uh, Arizona Bay. This, 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 there, there was an artist or somebody that worked on, I think it was an engineer or an artist. Somebody, somebody worked on the character you can see over there. It's showing out a colleague from the KDA music video. So he goes, I worked on this, this girl for nine months. Now this music, this music video comes out and then you know she's one of the most popular characters in the, in the, in the universe for League of Legends. And this person referring to Akali, they were they, they were one of the one of the designers or engineers that worked on the Akali rework. It looks like, so apparently they're saying I work super hard. My bosses kept telling me like I'm doing a good job and I keep working harder. And what happened is, um, like, as soon as it looks like as soon as this as soon as um, as soon as it's released, as soon as that character gets released that they were working on, they get fired. Like, thank you for working. Get out of here. I actually read so, this, um, and. It's very it's very vague. So I would like to know what her employment status was. Was she an employee of Riot or was she a contractor? Yeah, I, I was curious about that too. But what I found most surprising about this now, obviously, Riot's had a lot of you know ex employees lashing out. They've had some sexual harassment allegations. They've been in the news a lot for a lot of negative things. But what struck me most about this blog post wasn't really their experience about being fired from Riot Games. I don't really I don't really care about that personally, and, and we don't have enough details to really judge that, right? So it's not the purpose of this me bringing this story up. Mm-hmm. What I find most remarkable is that the first line, the first sentence of this post, worked on this girl for nine months. Are you pregnant? <laughs> right, well, are you pregnant? <laughs> uh, okay, I didn't think about that, but that's pretty good too. But it takes nine months to redesign a, a single character in League of Legends? What the fuck? Nine months? 
Um, I mean, I get. I mean, by the way, do you know how many people work at Riot? So I'm not surprised. Yeah, thousands by the, apparently. But like by the nine months to make again. Akali was already in the game. Okay, they re reworked Akali. Okay, so they they changed some numbers around, changed their interactions around, and it's saying the community it was well received by the community. The community likes playing her. But how can it take? This this is how I know League of Legends is doomed. If it takes you nine months to re rework a character, it's over. It's done. I remember like six years ago, there, there were there were launched like two characters a month. Two characters a month, or a character a month at least. If I remember correctly. Well, to be they, honest, to be honest, we don't know if her nine-year stint was just with this one character, or if she was working on several projects. Okay. During that nine yes, months. obviously she was probably working on several projects, right? Yeah. But like maybe I think this character was clearly in the works for a long time. But mm -hmm. I'm, 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 they probably did work exclusively on this, right? They probably worked on other things as well. But it just seems like these reworks are taking way too long. Nine months is insane. I mean, th she's clearly saying they worked on this character for nine months. So, th at the minimum, this character was in the works for nine months. This tells me that Riot development, engineering, their process is completely broken. It takes nine months to do a rework on a character. Look, I get it. If you like, if you if if you're starting with nothing, you know, you got you got you got a blank notepad document in front of you, and you got to code a game from a blank notepad document. Okay, I get it. It takes nine months, right? But if you already if you're a multi billion dollar company with thousands of employees and an established game, you know enough money to hire the best programmers, it shouldn't take you nine months. All right, that's that's I'm a actually, no go. I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay, hmm. big. I actually have a fundamental disagreement. I think if you have a blank slate and open you know empty PDF or empty notepad, it's easier. Because remember, right now doing nothing. If if today, uh, right. Made no more patches. They don't tell you, but they, they literally stopped working on patches. Yep. League will still bring in millions of dollars a day in revenue, right? There's a, there are thousands of people eating uh, every, you know, their, their meals from uh, League of Legends uh, revenue. So if you want to change something, right, you are potentially mm -hmm. disrupting thousands of people's uh, chicken dinners, right? So mm -hmm. there's going to be so many checks and so many layers of management to make sure the change you do doesn't rock this super lucrative boat. So I, I think it's a lot harder to tinker with a system that's running than it is to uh, to build a fresh one. Well, that's true. Yes, but again, my premise was if you start with absolutely nothing, like a blank notepad document. So like, mm -hmm. obviously, it would take nine months to make the game, make the engine, mm -hmm. and then make something functional to add a character to it, right? But like, yeah. you already have a character, and it wasn't so like. Yes, I get it's kind of like a new character. So it just seems ridiculous. It takes nine months, but I, I, you should play the the clip that uh, his linked over there inside Riot Gaming too. So put the, it's only one minute long. Put the okay. audio up. I, I actually haven't heard this these one before, hallways, but I saw his previous clip random... and I thought it was really interesting. So let's see how this is. All right. Three, two, one. Here we go. I would walk through these hallways and then I'd stop at a random desk and I would meet a person. And I'd be like, what do you do? Um, and they would be like, well, um, I design champions. And I'm on a team of like three or 400 people. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And I'm like, what champions have you designed? And they're like, well, I designed, like, the curvature of Draven's axe, and it took me six months. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> That's all you did? And I'm like, how much do you work? And they're like, I'm generally here, like, 10 or 12 hours a day. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. I'm the, and I, like, I literally felt like I was in an ins I was, like, being put in an insane asylum where I was the only crazy one and everyone else was normal. Like, but, but like, I, like, I felt that I was going crazy. I would think that I was getting fucking gaslighted because I couldn't fathom how a person worked 12 hours a day and didn't do anything. It was fucking crazy, dude. This happened. That's pretty. I, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Tencent, Tencent. This is where your money's going. Come on.
pull out. This is actually <laughs> pull the plug. Insane. And just I, I haven't heard this 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 guy, but he, this guy mentioned um, a different project where like other like problems at Riot Games where nothing gets done, right? And just hearing that it took nine months for this rework, and I guess this guy worked six months to to do the curvature of Draven's axe, which basically saying you're just seeing the office doing nothing for that long. It, this tells me that Riot is doomed. They're fundamentally doomed unless they can completely like the best thing Riot can do right now is they got they got to purge, purge the office. All right, you, you got to start from a clean slate, fire everyone, ninety percent. Got, heads got to roll. Fire everyone to start over. Either move the development to China or rehire from the ground up because things are moving way too slow. It, uh, it, the game is doomed. You can't run a company where you have 300 people working on making one hero. It, it makes no sense. All of Valve has like 350 employees and that's enough to churn out content for Counter-Strike Go, add new heroes to Dota 2, and do everything else for all their other games too. It makes no sense. Well, to be fair, I think they've added like Two new heroes. Yeah, three, that's true. Dota's not had a lot of heroes. Th- Dota two has added three new heroes since literally 2012. Yeah, they're ni- ni- nice and slow. But they've been they've, they've been pretty fundamental changes to the map though, and like the the way they, uh, they added talents and stuff to the game. They've done so many balance changes. That they, they've changed a lot though. So speaking of Dota two, actually, yesterday a huge huge patch came out. For, uh, it's called seven point two. Huge mm-hmm. changes to, uh, to. I think every hero got a got a uh, at least some kind of a uh, change. Yeah. Huge fundamental changes to the way denies work. Denies actually give you money now. So if you deny your Whoa. own creep, you get you get like ten percent of the cash that it, it would have given the other guy. Hoggies. Yeah. So instead I... of experience, you get the. Um, so does any team does any team still lose experience on or no? Well, we can read it together. I don't know. Let's find out. Let me just bring this up. Boom. And sh- control F deny. And it took me to tiny. I don't care about tiny. Right, deny mechanic. Denies no longer give the denier 25% experience. Creep denies now give the denier 20% of the gold bounty. So does enemy team still lose out on the XP though? I, I don't know. But it looks like else? they're changing the system. Well, you're getting reward on gold instead of XP. Yeah. I even know denies gave the denier XP, to be honest. I had no idea that, that's how that worked. That's also relatively new. Like That's like okay. a year old. Yeah. Okay, because I'm pretty sure back when I played Dota 2, just denying screwed the enemy out of, yep. out of you know gold yep. and XP. Interesting. But yeah, Dota 2 does a lot of these fundamental gameplay changes. I mean, they, they've done a lot of crazy balance changes. They've changed the map countless times. Oh, the map is so it, different now. Yeah. If you, it, Dota 2 changes a lot. They haven't added new heroes. The game itself changes so much over the years. I mean, not to like praise Dota 2 as like, you know, the objectively better mobile. I, I think League is still a great game. I just think the development process and design process at Riot has gotten so bloated that nothing will get done. That game, they got, they got, they got to fix something. They got, they got to, they got to move development over to China where shit gets done. All right, in in nine months, in nine months, China can churn out like ten new games. All right. Oh, I know how much you like the stacking mechanic in Dota. Oh yeah, my favorite. What they so, do? So look how weird this is. Stacked neutral creeps now give the stacker thirty five percent of the bounty. So so if you are so this is uh, some way to help the support, right? So if you stack creeps for your and then and then one of your teammates kills the creeps, you later, get bonus for stacking them. Yeah, you get some of the you get some of the bounty. Wait, so what if you stack the enemy team's creeps and the enemy team kills them? Do you get like, do you get gold from what the enemy team kills? That's a good question, and I don't know because I haven't I played Dota in the past two years since they did all this stuff. Whew, interesting. But uh, no new heroes, despite the fact mm-hmm. that this is a huge, huge patch. Bunch of changes though. If you haven't played Dota in a while, it's a good excuse to go try it. I played it last night. It didn't go well. I basically just uh, you know trolled in chat, and then we lost. But it was fun. Somebody said nine months, lol. One one week, China can put out a working clone in a month. Yeah, I think I think they can. I think it's remarkable how fast uh, Chinese devs get shit done. All right, not always good shit, but China gets shit done. All right, they make it happen. And also well, on the Valve news, we should maybe talk a little bit about Artifact. Oh yeah, it's coming out very soon. 
Yeah, and I linked your article on uh, GameIndustry.biz, I think, or it, it's a Reddit post that was actually original Reddit post where a lot of articles were based on, where this guy's basically complained that well, we we this is actually what we mentioned like when you first when I first read about Artifact and the monetization scheme, this is my first problem with it, and people are realizing it now. It seems like the game is hella like stingy. For the, you got buy the game for twenty bucks, they give you some starter packs, and the only other way to obtain new cards is by paying money. There are no free ways to get cards in the game, period. So you can buy new packs for two dollars each. Of course, you can get repeats as well. There's no trade in the game right now, so you can you can you can sell cards in the Steam Marketplace for cash or Steam Bucks rather, and use the Steam Bucks to buy the cards you want. But you can also get cards by doing uh, like this expert mode. It's like this. I think it's an AI challenge or something. But you can only do expert mode if you pay money, like a dollar per entry. So there's no other way to get cards by paying, which is I think a fundamentally poor business model, and it's not going to work. Why would I ever like? I, I get that Hearthstone is very expensive. If you want to get a lot of cards. Like, really quickly. I get the same Magic the Gathering is the same problem, right? But, like, charging money up front and then charging money for packs is a double whammy of no. If you're going to charge money up front, charge 50 bucks to give me all the cards for free, and then we're fine. We're Gucci, right? We're Gucci. But no, they're not doing that. They're charging you up front and getting the microtransactions, which is which is having their cake and eating it, too. It's a no-go. It's Thumbs very down. interesting. They're trying to basically replicate, like you said, the exact physical card game model, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's not like when I'm playing Magic, I don't get Magic cards out of nowhere, right? Yeah. I, I only get it from packs mm-hmm. or by trading with other players. So they're trying to replicate that identically to to digital, where. But that's bullshit. If if I want if I want to play Pokemon with you offline, I can just go to my printer and print out the cards and play them with you, which is what we did, by the way. Altai and me, when we were in high school, we we're cheap fucks. We wanted to play Magic: The Gathering with each other, and we didn't have like some of the really rare, expensive cards. You know what we did? We printed we printed them out. So we got like a shitty Magic card, put it in a sleeve. So it'd be in, the, in like a protector. And then we print a card out, the one we wanted, and put it over it. And we, we just play as if we owned that card because like you could see it in the card. It was there. We just print all the cards we wanted. So if they want to replicate the offline experience, let me print my goddamn cards. Actually, that's funny that you say that because I remember a few times people would be mad at me because I play them. I'm like, what does it matter? We're playing a game. It's like, like would, would you feel better if I just spent like $100 getting these cards? Like, play my yeah, deck. Exactly. You know, like, what is the big deal? Like... I wasn't like doing Black Lotus. It was like the it was the current set of cards, right? Like it was like the T yeah. two, what they call it, tier two, yeah, yeah, type whatever, whatever it's called. Type it, two. It was basically like the the current set. I know Hearthstone has Wild and Classic, or yeah. rather Wild and whatever the current set is, right? So it was using the current set. Yeah, and people would get mad at me. I'm like, dude, you you want to play the game with me or not? You want to test your deck or not? Like, who cares if I spent a thousand dollars on these cards or not? Like, people were people were like. People, people were, got I, mad. People got. I think they got mad because they didn't think of it first. They're like, wait a minute. Exactly. They're they're, they're mad that they 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 feel retarded that they spent the money on the cards and you were smart enough to print them out. Yeah. That's a, otherwise it's unfathomable to me why a random stranger would get like a little bit salty about it. Like, I get it. You can't go to a tournament using proxies. We get that, right? Because it's the tournament is sponsored by the game company. They want you to buy the goddamn cards, right? But when we're playing in public with other people, you shouldn't you shouldn't give a shit. Yeah. And so, it's funny. I, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say about that? So basically, Omar and I were finding ways around microtransactions before they even existed. All right. That was that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you say they were trying to copy the exact offline experience, yeah, they are, but obviously without proxies, right? Because like the offline experience, that was the best part. You could just print the cards you wanted. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it will do, well do what they're doing. There's no way. Hearthstone has already set the precedent. You have Shadowverse, Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering Arena, and there's been so many other free to play card games, and obviously most of them have flopped. But the, the, even the most successful ones are, have already set the business model as free to play, and you can pay for cards. And it, it's not like it's like it's not like uh, Artifact is being generous by giving away like cards cheaper or something. They're not. They still they're charging for every pack. 
it just it's just the worst of both business the worst of both worlds so i take it you are not very optimistic on this game no i i not, not only am i not optimistic i've seen gameplay videos and i have no interest in even trying it which is weird because i played shadowverse i played Sh uh, hearthstone and i'm playing magic gathering arena and i've played like a lot of random card games but like it, it looks overly complex as well, which is really weird. Like, I, I want my card game to be complex. I think Magic the Gathering is a very in-depth game, but, like, it, it should look intuitive. Like, it, when I look at Artifact, it looks confusing. So, yeah, I agree. I, I don't like the... Here's the thing, too. I played Magic the Gathering Arena with you, mm -hmm. and I think it makes me appreciate Hearthstone's presentation so much. Like, mm -hmm. the graphics, the silly, cartoony graphics, you know, it's the, the little, like... Tavern music playing in the background in Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. The way the cards like swipe when you're moving them with the mouse. Everything is mm -hmm. done like the attention to those details is so important. It brings it together so well. Whereas when I look at this, you know, these cards have like rough edges, you know? Have you noticed yeah. that? They're like rectangles. Mm -hmm. Even that I think is like off putting. So it's just not a clean presentation. Uh I just think Hearthstone nailed that. I mean that's why Hearthstone is is, is the big boy, making like over four hundred million dollars a year as of last reported data. And they're they're making a killing. I do think I do think um Magic the Gathering Arena uh, has a chance only because it's Magic and Magic the Gathering is still uh, the most successful offline card game in the world. And Magic the Gathering Online, I think, was the third highest grossing digital card game in the world, despite Magic the Gathering Online being like 10 years old. So hopefully Magic the Gathering Arena brings it to uh, a, a more modern era. Because I think it's I think Magic the Gathering is just a better card game than, than like anything else I've ever played. It's one of the most card games, best card games I've ever played. And it just it works really well offline and we'll see if they can make it work online. It should be noted. I think you, I don't know if you mentioned. I forgot if you mentioned it, but this is made. Artifact is made by designed by the same guy who designed Magic. Yeah. Another reason I was hyped for it at first when I when I started seeing it. Though, I mean, if it's free, I'll give it a try. But I I can't see myself paying money for it. So if they feel like giving me a free copy, I'll, I'll give it a try. Otherwise, I'm not eager. Well, I'm I'm glad it's on. Valve is making it, and it's on Steam because we can see the numbers, you know, yes. as they progress. And I, I'm curious to see how it will do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to bring up another fun little story. I'll tell you. And I, we should mention this last week. You never got a chance to bring it up. But I find it pretty remarkable just how much um, we talked a lot about Machine Zone and their two garbage mobile strategy games. Uh, they had they had Game of War and Mobile Strike, and what's remarkable is how much both those games fell out of favor. So here's the here's Center Tower's post on Mobile Strike. The game made over a billion dollars for Machine Zone since release. However, the numbers are down so much. The game had only four million dollars of worldwide sales in uh it looks like. August of 2018 versus a whopping 90 million in its uh, in the March in March of 2017. So the revenue monthly revenues went down from 90 million down to 4 million. So this just shows you how awful this game was and the only reason it was able to keep generating these revenues was just to absolutely mark the, the crazy marketing blitz behind this game. Yeah, and if you, I, we did talk about uh, and and CSoft's earnings last week and we saw that you know, mobile is still their biggest moneymaker, more than all their uh, PC games combined. But if you just saw how quickly it declined their mobile revenue from a, mm -hmm. from a few quarters ago when those games just came out, like Lineage True Revolution, yeah, the the churn rate in mobile is so so quick. There are a mm -hmm. few quality games out there, like Candy Crush. Quality. <laughs> I love how you refer to Candy Crush as a quality that, game. Well, what I mean by quality is, uh, we were talking about in the pregame games that can kind of last for years, right, and, mm -hmm. and keep growing for years. So Candy Crush is bigger than ever, and you know it's still going. Candy Crush had $128 million in revenue uh, last month. Right. Up about 8% from the previous Look, month. Love it or hate it, right? You don't have to like connecting games, right? But if you like, if you happen to like connecting games, I mean, Candy Crush does a 
just you know just as well as can be expected, right? There's nothing wrong with it. Whereas Mobile Strike is just a garbage game. Like whatever it's trying to do, it just does it poorly. And whatever Lineage Two Revolution is trying to do with MMORPGs, it does it poorly. So mm-hmm. so those games require a lot of marketing spend. They require a lot of buzz and hype, and it quickly fades because it doesn't it doesn't deliver what pe- what, what the game was promising. Yeah. Now Altai, I know I know you hate these games, but there's one mobile strategy game. That's been absolutely killing it lately. Can you guess which one? Clash of Clans? No, but that one's always been killing it. But this is a game. Check out this one. This came out recently. One year in, Game of Thrones Conquest made $125 million. I think this, this is crash the same too. non this is the same nonsense. Yeah, it'll crash. The same utter I don't think it's gonna crash for I, I don't think here in five years, the way Clash of Clans is still here. No, but here's the thing. I don't think this Game of War Conquest game gets uh the crazy marketing blitz. That, uh, that, it's, first no. of all, it's Game of it's Game of Thrones, so they paid yes. up the wazoo for the IP. Well, no, it's owned by Warner Brothers. The, 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 same, the same company, Warner Brothers makes this game. Okay. Here's a good test for you guys: if a game is good, it can can it stand without the IP? So Clash of Clans is an original IP, right? Yes. It, it, it's not like uh, like yeah, the IP is obviously right? carrying this game. Yeah. I'm not saying I, so. If the you reason do, the game is successful is the IP. Yes. If you took the IP away from this game, it'd be garbage. It'd be dead tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so too, for sure. And right. that's the reason uh, Final Fantasy XV and New Empire is doing so well. The game is not as heavily advertised as Game of War. And it's, it's, the reason it's doing so well is because it's suckering a lot of Final Fantasy fans into this garbage mobile strategy market that they otherwise didn't know. And I think Game of, War, game of Thrones Conquest is doing the same thing. People that like Game of Thrones are going to try this game and get hooked on it because like, the, the, the game is designed so well to like, flash the right colors in front of your eyes to mind control you into spending money. By the way, do you know who made Game of Thrones? This this game right here? No. It was uh, a company we previously called Turbine. Oh, there you go. Turbine's making mobile strategy games now, boys. They did real real fall from grace for making uh Asheron's Call, Lord of Online, Asheron's Call. Now they're making mobile Game of War. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones rather. Yeah, and they had their name changed. They're no longer Turbine. They're uh Warner Brother Games Boston. Nice. But hey, they're making tons of money. So yeah, look at their quality list of shitty games right here we got harry potter wizards unite that's they're working on this with ingress hype and then a bunch of ip games that are just probably skins of you know other crappy games you know you mentioned you mentioned uh ingress people neontic right so there's a funny story uh, a bit of a tangent here but a bit, i thought it was fun i was on gamesindustry.biz that neontic is working with the united with the united oh, nations to promote tourism through its games yeah. so the first thing i thought is imagine like Imagine Pokemon Go was set up so like every country has only like some of the Pokemon. So like you just you, in order, the only way to catch like to do like that. a Mankey yeah. was to go to like Madagascar or something. Or like the only way to get like Mr. Mime was to go to like Mosul in Syria. All right, imagine <laughs> that. Like, would that be badass as fuck? Like, you see like you Pokemon battle somebody, right? And he, he busts out like a Mr. Mime, and like you're looking at this guy. Holy fuck, he's got a Mr. Mime. This guy went to Syria to get this shit. He was in the middle of the fucking civil war. All right, you don't fuck with that guy. <laughs> That'd be so badass. I cannot like, wait for the story where twelve-year-old goes to uh, like ISIS territory to capture like a Rattata, a golden Rattata, and then just dies. Yeah. Be- <laughs> but that'd be amazing. It is a thing that they have continent-specific Pokemon. So, yes. for example, Tauros is only in North America, I believe, mm-hmm. and there's one Pokemon that's only in Asia or Europe. So they have a. Uh, it would be hilarious though, like specific Pokemon or country like restricted. So, like the most hardcore Pokemon Go players would have to go to like sub-Saharan Africa or like the Congo or Sudan or these like 
you know, like Yemen, these like war ravaged countries, just like catch a Pokemon. Like, it, 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 I don't know. I think it'd be hilarious. Uh, like, it'd be too quick for a lashback if someone like does something crazy. We should make a game like that, a hardcore Pokemon game. Or we can't call it Pokemon, obviously. We gotta call it, like the hardcore mobile experience, right? Of like a, a pet catcher. Like we, it's a Pokemon Go clone where you know you have to go like these war torn areas to catch like OP Pokemon. We we all the hardcore players to do it, all right? I, I'm actually I'm actually hoping that somebody turns the tragedy game genre for mobile. So games like Clash of Clans, Game of War. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, Empire, whatever, but it incorporates the whole geolocation system into that kind of system. So, for example, you, say you open the app, you start, you're, I'm, we're in Las Vegas. So our t- our city or whatever is in Las Vegas. We build the little towers, archers, and then we got to actually attack other parts in America or the world. I don't know. The logistics are going to work on that. Well, uh, well, you, I mean, the troops will go on their own. It's not like you have to do anything. No, I get it. But like, how do you like synergize everybody in Las Vegas to like work together or something? Well, I you don't, don't have know. to, but like you – you're not going you to because everyone's each other. No, you'll 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 get a line clan. No, it'll be the same ship, but with the, you know, I, I don't know. Well, no yeah, country can work it'll together. It'll be the same thing, but the, the world map will be the map instead of. Yes, the, yeah, exactly. There, yeah. there will be no coordination, though. Uh, is what I'm trying to say. Outside well, of the regular I, guild, I would be interested form. to see if that could kind of emerge on its own. You know. Mm-hmm. And there's one other fun quote on on GamesIndustry.biz I wanted to share because it kind of goes back to something we've talked about quite a bit. And they said, this is this is a quote from Ubisoft, and they said, loot crates have been a huge boon for the gaming industry. Oh, I saw this. And obviously, we've been saying this for a long time, too, but you know, getting it straight from the horse's mouth, as they say. Uh, if players didn't buy them, they wouldn't be added in the future. Okay. So everyone bitching about microtransactions, literally everyone, the ultimate solution is don't buy them. If you don't like them that much, don't buy them. But the reality is, people do buy them, okay. and that's why we're getting them. Okay, but here's the thing, and I think this defends what I said last week. And it's going to make you sound like an asshole, but fine. I'm, I'm willing to take the bullet. Take don't, the bullet. I don't blame the companies, like this guy is saying. I am blaming the people. And and I'm going to go a step further than you. I'm not going to tell people, don't, don't, don't buy them. I'm going to say, you got to call out your friends who are buying them. They're hurting you, and they're hurting the industry. you got to call them out. you got to say, hey, you retard, stop buying this shit. Don't buy that skin in fake grand order. Don't buy that, you know, whatever. Don't do it. Hold and, on, but other you sound like what, what, so. If you're in McDonald's, if you're in line at McDonald's, the guy in front of you orders a hash brown, you can be like, "Yo, asshole, don't buy the fucking hash brown. That, buy the McNuggets." No, I said that's why I said that makes to your you friend, an "Asshole, buddy." If you do it to a stranger, you're an asshole. But, Absolutely, but it's your friend. It's your friend. Your yes. friend's in line. He it, wants to buy the hash brown. Is he fat? Like, is he overweight? No, he's no, he's not. No, but that, that, that's like a, that's not a good comparison then. But if, let's, say he's, good, let's say he's got no, diabetes. You, you, hold on, you, you prefer nuggets. No, you no, prefer no. nuggets. He likes hash browns. No, he's hurting the industry. That's my, that's my no, claim. No. So if he's hurting himself by buying the McFlurry when this guy's three hundred pounds and he got diabetes, and if I'm if I'm a friend uh, and I consider myself a good friend, I, Alta, I would Alta, say you agree. idiot, stop buying that. Okay, Alta, everybody agrees with you. If you're okay. a friend that's addicted and spending like more money than you can afford on mobile games, yeah, I agree. As a good friend, you should call out your friends and like. And protect them from themselves. That applies to like yes. drug usage. It applies to spending more money than you. But yes, but the reality is, much of mobile transactions are people just spending money. Like instead of spending, like let's say my gaming budget is like twenty bucks a month, and if I, if somebody blows that twenty bucks a month on on waifus in fake grand order, yeah, or a, he's an idiot. Whether whether he spends it on fake grand order his twenty bucks, or he spends it on World of Warcraft uh, microtransactions, then, then he's, he's a fine Japan. gentleman. No, no, he's the point. How is he? Why is one a fine gentleman and another one an idiot? They're the same. Wait, so if he spends a thousand bucks and either on. there's a problem, you should call him out. Okay, not, fair, if he spends twenty dollars on a mount in WoW, he's a he's a retard too. But if he if he pays his subscription, then he's fine. So anyone who spends money on the the, the mounts or the other microtransactions is an idiot. Yeah. Why? Because because we're gonna get more of that content and less gameplay content. And, and, and let's say he tells you he's glad he prefers more mounts than gameplay content. 
why is your you could be happy to be an idiot i'm sure there's a lot of happy idiots why is he why is it because he prefers something different than you he's an idiot i mean why are people with lower iq idiots i don't just it's like that's that's a mathematical definition i'm defining idiot as someone who likes microtransactions so so any you're defining idiot as somebody who just has different preferences than you yes that's a non-starter of a conversation though so if if if, if, if i was eating my boogers right now and they said, what are you doing? Are you being, why are you being so stupid? I'd be like, no, it's my preference, man. You eat caviar, <laughs> I eat boogers. It's equal. Right? No. Why? Okay, if you actually genuinely enjoyed those boogers. Yeah, yes, I enjoy boogers. Good, good I enjoy being you. You enjoy eating good. caviar. Good for you. It's equal. Then you're fine. We're equal. Yes. On our preference of food, yeah, it's equal then. I boogers mean, are edible. That's the thing I can't argue. I don't know where to... See, we're so far apart on this issue that we cannot bridge it in a, in a public uh, discussion Dude, like this. you do you. Look, boogers are edible. Caviar is edible. And if you genuinely get more enjoyment out of those boogers, who am I to tell you otherwise? And who are you hurting? Who are you? You're, you're my brother. You're my family. You should be telling me otherwise. <laughs> no, uh, I, I thought, dude, that's weird. And you'd be, I'd be like, you probably should do that for social reasons, right? But like, if, if at the comfort of your home, in your room, you want to eat boogers, I'm not going to stop you. I, I, you know what? I hope you would. Honestly, anyway, if you ate boogers, oh shit, my, my mic's going crazy again. Look, by the way, guys, see, guys, 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 this is my preference. Look, I, I, I like a shitty mic that hurts your ears. <laughs> Like, no. th- this is not acceptable, right? I gotta fix this. I can't. So, look, there are things in this world that are better and worse, right? There is a there's a hierarchy of preference. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, again, no. It, it, for video games and what you what, yeah, different opinion equal idiot. No, feels not, good, man. Not different, different hearing opinion. too. No, there, there are hierarchies of opinion. Yes, and your opinion is, is is at the top of the hierarchy, right? I'll no, 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 no. Uh, clearly, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to mics, right? Like, imagine I said, guys, what are you, why are you complaining about my mic? This is the way all great mics are. My mic is as good as... Who, who, is, who is the best mic? Who is the best streamer with audio? Or, or Some ASMR girl with four mics, right? These $4,000 mics. My mic is just as good as hers. It's, it's a matter of opinion. Would you guys believe no. me? No. no why? One just literally hurts your ears. That's why. No, I, I, it feels great to me. <laughs> no, because no, you're not hearing it. It's that, this is a false equivalency where it's one is objectively just piercing people's ears, and one is your own preference, and it's not impacting. You know, it's just you and your room eating your boogers. See, look, Rage Gamer. Rage Gamer's enjoying it. He's gonna replay this part over and over again. All right. <laughs> me, me and Seriously, Rage Gamer. Eating your cum is an intelligent preference. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, the Galaxy Seven Four Seven Four. I'm not sure what you mean. Look, I don't want to get sidetracked on this again, but all I'm saying is, okay, well, let me let me be diplomatic. Be diplomatic. If, if you agree with me that we need less microtransactions in games, right, then uh, do, me, do me a favor and do yourself a favor. Just to your friends and family, not strangers. Just say, hey, man, how about we? How about you, like, you know, play a, an actual retail game we've together? Like, let's play the next retail game together instead of spending this money on these skins for this game. That's all you got to do. Don't do it to strangers in McDonald's line because then you're an asshole, right? Don't give advice to people outside but, but, your circle. But, but the point is, like, they might say, sure, but like, they're also going to spend that 20 bucks on waifus and fake grand order anyway. You know, It's not taking it away from that. Well, I'm saying take it away. Help them. Like, suggest they stop that. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Again, just from to people. games to eating boogers, best podcast ever. 100 biddies. Thank you, the Sewer Wrath. Much appreciated. I'm looking forward to playing... Uh... Lost Ark Online, but I'm not really too hyped for Red Dead Redemption 2. And Cyberpunk 2077 looked kind of cool, but unfortunately it's single player. But uh, it did look really cool. It did look really cool. All right, there's one more uh, another area I want to quickly shuffle us to. We have an old MMORPG dying, Altai. A real old MMORPG dying. Wonderland Online is shutting down after 10 years of service. Altai. Wonderland Online. Everyone on the stream should hit F. Pay respects to Wonderland Online. I doubt anyone's even heard about this game. 
but it's been running on IGG's portal since December of 2008. And it was actually not an awful game. You heard really? it here first, boys. That's my, that is my ringing endorsement of Wonderland Online. It was not awful. Okay. The cool thing about this game was if you play the trailer in the video, it was a turn-based MMORPG, almost like a classic Final Fantasy game, but in an MMORPG format, which is really cool because like so few MMORPGs today are turn-based. That's true. It is original, and I think there this this company IGG had a, had another one as well, Myth War Online. Mm-hmm. It was also uh, turn-based. Atlantic Online is I think the last remaining. Yes. Uh, turn-based MMORPG. Uh, Spareki says I used to play with my girlfriend. Sad to see it go. Interestingly enough, I had a friend that played this game too, and they said, uh, "Like, oh my god, this is like the only other MMORPG I played like a lot before, you know, before Final Fantasy fourteen. And the first thing I asked him, like, "Wait a minute, like, like I really love this game. Like, wait a minute, like you can you can enjoy this game, but you can't love this game. The only reason you can love this game is if it was your first MMORPG ever. So I'm like, was it your first MMO? Like, yeah, okay. I'm like that explains everything, right? Because like, if it's your first MMO, obviously you love it." I thought it was kind of fun for its time only because it was turn-based. And I actually really liked the novelty of the turn-based gameplay. The UI was absolute and utter garbage in this game. But turn-based gameplay was cool. Yeah, and uh, someone's chat mentioned, but IGG, is a Chinese company, has been shutting down a lot of their uh, PC games. But they found enormous success in the mobile mm-hmm. market. Like I'm talking like Lords Online alone is like 100 times bigger than all their PC games combined were at their peaks. Yeah. So Laura, Red, I, I, I want to show you um, Altai. Maybe maybe we can see the success of uh, of IGG because we're talking about their game right now. This uh, Wonderland Online is an IGG game. So they released their Q2 2018 earnings report, boys. And let's go through how much money IGG is making across all their games. And you can see their hit titles is oh. Lords Mobile, Castle Clash, Clash of Lords 2, Galaxy 2. And I can't read the text on that last game. But take a look uh... on this Clash Query? Requi- or, I can't read that word. It's Clash like, of Crowns, Conqueror. Is it Conquerors? It's Conquerors. It's really, whoever, whoever put that font there, got to This is Arabian. This is an Arabian version. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can find their, their mobile revenue versus PC revenue, if they still break it down. I know they used to break it down between... Uh, in previous reports, but maybe now that mobile is so much, they might not even break it down Well, this is, this is the best breakdown I can find. Uh, Lords Mobile is a teal here, the blue. Castle Crash is the orange. And all other games, including all of their other mobile games and PC, makes this tiny sliver up here. Oof. Oh, you, you can also see on, on slide number 18. Actually, it's actually better than... Oh, that, that's Global Games Market Overview, not their, not their market. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, right. here's another one. Here's another one we can find. Um, IGG by revenue distribution by platform. So Android is 53%. iOS, 43%. Which slide? Uh, we are on slide number. Where did the numbers? Right. It's thirteen. Okay. So you go to thirteen. Okay. You'll see that four percent is not iOS or Android. So that would include uh, both browser and uh, PC, presumably. Yes, that's where all the revenue is coming from. Then by platform. So you can see IGG. They you, they they still have Angels Online, and this game. Uh, this this Wonderland Online shuts down in January fifteenth, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So it's shutting down, but it's still it's still there. But almost everything for IGG found a lot of success on mobile, thanks to their their garbage strategy games. So they so they do still have some some games running, which is uh, Void Century, God's mm-hmm. War Online, and Angels Online. After Wonderland shuts down, I'm curious to see how th- how long these three will last. I doubt they make any money between them, to be honest. And look at slide 18. This is uh, another look at the this this is based on Newzoo Global Games Market Report. I'm sure we shared that before. 
it shows you the global games market by by you know genre and region. Obviously, Asia Pacific is gonna be the biggest, and then America. But you can see, uh, by 2021, 59% of all revenue will come from mobile games. PC games is being squeezed, guys. In 2018, it makes up 24% of the market. By 2021, it's gonna be squeezed down to 19%. Both, uh, I mean, uh, consoles being squeezed as well. But it looks like the biggest loser here is gonna be PC gaming. Yep, yep. We're gonna lose market share along with the console boys. Well, that's where the money's at, fortunately. I, I, lo- yeah. I, I love the this pie graph. So Asia Pacific, North America, and then Latin. <laughs> good, old, good old Latin. Latin squeezes in there. I, but, uh, you know, the rest of the presentation, if you scroll down, is dedicated to showing off like their games. I don't know. All these games are uh, not really looking appealing to me. All their money comes from uh, so if you guys wanna, mobile So if you guys want to see what Lords Mobile looks like, here's, uh, here's some video gameplay. So it's just, you know, you click the little buildings. You click upgrade, you wait like six hours, or you pay money, and that's what you do. That's where it's at, boys. That's the future. But you know yeah, Rest in Pepperoni Wonderland Online. I'm actually not opposed to this gameplay format in and of itself. I, I you know, for years, I, since since the browser days, in O games, right? Mm-hmm. I've been look, I've been hoping a good version of this comes out. But uh, so far, it's only been cash grabs since Ebony. Since the days of Ebony, it's been just nothing but cash grabs in this uh, genre. Right, let me tell you a little something about Final Fantasy XV, A New Empire, all right? It's objectively the best. It's making so much money, all right? You, sh- you should play that on. Uh, you should play that one day. Give it a try. See, see, see what you think. Isn't it just uh, Game of War? Reskin? Yeah, it's the same exact game of Game of War. I mean, uh, then I've already played it. I <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just with a different skin. <laughs> Uh, Buja said 90% of 180 billion is still more than 24% of 130 billion. Yeah, that's true. As a percentage, though, it is it is getting squeezed. But yeah, it's it's still out there. But I think I think the majority of that is still going to come from uh, like the existing from existing games because we've seen games like Dungeon Fighter Online released in 2004, games like World of Warcraft, games like League of Legends. These games have huge runways, right? So these games aren't really disappearing anytime soon. In fact, Dungeon Fighter Online is increasing revenues every year in China, and it's a PC and more PG. So a lot of PC games aren't going to grow, even though 19% is going to be a bigger number overall. It's going to come from existing games. I don't see too many big budget PC and more PGs or online games in the pipeline. All the, the best talent are going to be going towards mobile. The best developers, the best artists will work on mobile games. PC games are going to be residual stuff. That's already out there. DFO is going to keep getting new content updates. You know, world of Warcraft will keep getting expansions because it'll keep making money, but we're not going to get too many new games. Which is why uh, it's still, I think, pretty grim for the for the PC market. And these are just projections, you know. They could go. Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows for sure. Uh, they're not too long term, you know. Only what three years? So, mm-hmm. so I, I I think they're going to be in the right ballpark, but we shall mm-hmm. we shall see. Yeah, if you, I'm sure you project those out even further, the numbers will look even more, you know, unfortunate. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we mentioned VR, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think VR is anywhere ready for mainstream uh, like gaming yet. It's right now a gimmick. And it's it's there to like show cool VR experiences. There's no real, you know, gameplay experience to be had on VR just yet. In fact, we got an email this morning about like we're on like a lot of press lists for a lot of game companies. So when like news comes out for games, they always uh, like send us stuff. And I got an email from this company. It's like, yo, we're gonna be releasing the world's first VR MOBA. You should cover us, boy. You should totally cover this. I'm like, really? A VR MOBA? Who gives a shit? Like, there's no no one's gonna play this. VR is not a platform to play like serious games on. 
it's a platform that's cool to like have an experience on like look around look at the environment get spooky scares try it out for the first time it's not developed enough to be a real gaming platform yet even even orbis vr i'm sure guess i mean you'll probably admit to it it's a really cool concept but vr isn't ready for that kind of like full-blown experience just yet vr esports boys so yeah i I don't see the excitement for vr just yet no it's uh it's just as far away i think as it was during those nintendo no, no, it's definitely closer, I'll tell you, but it's still like, so. what, far away from What was that called, the Nintendo system? Like Digital Boy or something? Virtual, Virtual Boy. Boy. Virtual Boy. <laughs> Virtual, it's, it's, yeah. Having sex with anime babes, that's getting closer, Gary the Giraffe. All right, we, we're getting closer on that goal. So God bless. All right, we're making progress there. And here's a, here's a one funny article that was complimented Canaris. At least I got it from him. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of changed, shows you how much the landscape has changed in just a few years. Back in 2014, uh, for April Fools, Diablo said their next game was going to be mobile, mm-hmm. and it, that was an April Fools joke. Pretty funny. They went from April Fools joke to the full meme. And this They've is the, this is a screenshot of their fake uh, mobile game from uh, 2014. How funny this look? So you can tell from there it looked very like it was obviously a joke. Well, this is what a lot of games were like back then in 2014 for mobile. That's true. A lot of mobile games went from very arcadey, like. Uh, was that game? Flappy Bird, like being more real games. I mean, look, the thing about mobile games too is like they're not like fundamentally bad. They could be good. I mean, you showed me that one. You down, you, you you're playing a mobile game right now, right? I'll tell you, you downloaded it and you, you showed me the Epic what Seven. Was it Epic Seven. Epic Seven. The yeah. game has a beautiful UI and some, like there's a lot that could be good about that game mm-hmm. if you didn't just hold on one button down and play automatically. Yeah, yeah, like, it could be a good game, I mean, but it's, it's not. A, it's a good. It's a, it could be a good game. It's got good art, good music, good UI. The only thing it's missing is the game part. So it's on. <laughs> that's the problem with mobile games. They're missing the game part. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I like these uh, key features, feature highlights for uh, this parody uh, mobile game for Diablo back from 2014. Robust interactive storytelling allows every choice to matter in Happy Reaper. <laughs> I like it. Man, a lot of those games they look good, but uh, hopefully. I mean... I don't know. I, I think I think mobile gaming will get better. So I think that we shouldn't be so negative on it just yet. But while the current crop sucks, it'll only get better, boys. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic on it. Daylight? Are you yeah. talking about day, what was it dark and light? Is that what you're talking about? What's that? Uh yeah, yeah. Dark dark and light is a was a was an arc like uh, PC a uh, Steam game. All right. Uh, well, I have a quick. I have an uplifting story. I think we have too many bad yeah, stories. Well, let's let's end with something a little uplifting. What is it all time? So high res got the guys behind Smite, Paladins, mm-hmm. and Realm Royale, which I think is dead in water. The third one, mm-hmm. they are releasing for Switch, and they're also releasing for Xbox and you know PlayStation, and they're going to mm-hmm. do all of that cross platform, which I think is really cool. So we're seeing more and more uh, kind of convergence between them. We just got a mitten there. Yeah, I'm rocking my mitten. Cross platform. I mean, uh, yeah, I think cross cross platform will only help, especially with like Switch doing well. I mean, console games are huge in America, so the more the merrier, you know. And a Warframe is out for like Switch now too. Yeah, PS4 won't have cross play right away, but Sony did say they will eventually allow cross play, and uh, High Res did say they they have the systems in place when mm-hmm. when it's all ready. Yeah, Paladins oh, cross platform. Not sure about Paladins. I, I I haven't played too much Paladins in a while. 
Uh, here's here, I'll link you guys a story here. That's pretty cool. Basically, all so they want to make all their games cross-platform, which is pretty cool. Let me see if anything else. I think I think we we got most of the news this week. Yeah, I think that's it. Start well, we got we got a milestone. Star Citizen has reached two hundred million crowdfunded money raised, and I think that makes it by far the biggest crowdfunded thing ever, game or otherwise. Well, yes, yeah. and uh, and very close to the most expensive video game ever developed. Yeah, so not it, counting the marketing budgets. Yes, and that kind of marketing budget, I think, is already up there. So, like, it, it, we don't have official numbers for a lot of games, but our estimates put like Star Wars World Republic at like 200 million. I think GTA was like at 200 to 150 million. So, it's up there right now as, as the most expensive video game ever developed. Still working on it, Pocky. Maybe another 20 million dollars, and we'll get it. We'll, we'll get her done, as they say. It is amazing to me that uh, it's been going for this long. How long do we want to give them before? It's total nonsense because we're only on year six, and there are some games that took more than six years to make that ended up being decent games. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see if there's a you know. I think I think we're going to get a that single player game, and that's probably it. Is my is my get. All right. Well, never too late to pledge a thousand dollars for a spaceship, guys. Don't forget. Nice. All right, and with that, we'll go to the post game, boys. All right. Thanks, Thanks for, for watching. watching. For yep. Stick around if you're on Twitch. See ya. Later for you too. We'll meme around for a bit.